0: afternoon i'd like to welcome you to the bosma enterprise navigating blindness podcast i'm your host ray montgomery and today we have mr preston richardson account manager here at bosma enterprises how's it going today preston it's going pretty good Ray. how about you oh so far so good so far so good i just wanted to bring you on the podcast today and just talk a little bit about your position here at bosma enterprises and um how you got to where you are today um So, just really starting off, uh, I know you had uh, lost your sight. How long ago was it when you lost your um, eyesight? Uh, I found out about my
1: eyesight situation in 1988. Mm -hmm. So, it's been over a little bit over 30 years is when I initially um, diagnosed with retinitis
0: pigmentosa. Okay, over 30 years. So, at that time, um, how were you given the diagnosis? Did you go in for just an exam, or how did you find Mm -hmm. out? Oh, uh,
1: I found out through um, I did a, a, a eye test, and the eye test was conflicting, and so the the doctor at the moment sent me in for extensive testing at another uh, uh, facility, and that's when I was
0: uh, given the prognosis of retinitis pigmentosa. So at that time we were given that uh, diagnosis. You still had some some usable vision. Oh, yeah, I was still driving
1: and uh, riding my motorcycle and bicycles and things of that. At that time, but with the eye disease, it is progressive, and mm-hmm. as time uh, went on, I noticed that um, driving was becoming more difficult, and some of the other matter of fact, it just became outright dangerous yes and before that's when I uh,
0: let that part of my life go Okay, I know that a lot of people that do have that uh RP um it's like like you say a progressive disease and like, it happens and sometimes it doesn't happen for a long time so how long you know was it like just a few years um actually more? um I didn't accept my vision loss
1: after the, uh, diagnosis, probably nine years. Um, I didn't pick up the cane until 97. So a lot of denial, a lot of, uh, 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 lifestyle changes were going on. Um, a lot of battle with depression at the time. So, um,
0: uh, quite a few issues. Yeah. So, so do you, do you feel like you had um, enough support or support to get you where you need to go? Or did you know what resources were out there to get some type of uh, assistance? To-
1: In actuality, I hadn't even started looking for resources until 97. Um, so you think that's like a, a nine year time span of pretty much just, uh, wandering around aimlessly, feeling self-pity, self-worth, Um uh, like I said, just was in a, uh, a self-destructive uh, um, downward spin. And until 97, when I uh, pretty much got off the pity party and started wanting to do some life-changing uh, improvements with myself and accepting my eye disease. And then once I accepted my eye disease, where do I go from there? And that's when I started looking towards uh,
0: rehabilitation services. So so how, if at all, um, did your family play any part of helping you get, you know, yourself back together or encourage you? Um, it was really self motivation. Um
1: within the family um circle, um, really didn't nobody have any idea what the disease was. Um and it really just initiated with me. Per se, wanting
0: to do something different with my life than just existing. Right. I hear that a lot from a lot of people, a lot of clients here at Bosman Enterprises that, you know, really you can start with yourself and when you're ready, you know you're ready. You know, you can't push an individual into getting help. Yeah, well, you know, when you got a mother who
1: loves her children, she's a single parent, um, not really knowing how to support or how to initiate with uh because i'm the only i'm the only child in my family i'm the only one in my whole entire family generationally that has the eye disease so it was pretty much uh, a whole new experience um as a family unit and then it, even with uh, uh cousins and distant relatives and stuff it just it just was really unfamiliar territory. Right. And then, and then I hate to say it, but in the community, you know, it's just really difficult dealing
0: with, um, stuff that you don't, that you're not familiar with. Correct. Uh, so do you feel like sometimes that, you know, sometimes family could help or sometimes hinder a person that is, um, dealing with a visual impairment, like helping them too much or maybe not helping at all? Um, it, 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 For my experience, because of
1: the lifestyle that I was living and my personality being uh, innovative, creative, uh, self-motivated individual, um, and having seen throughout my whole life anyway, I just figured out how to do things to uh, work around my eye disease and my lim- my visual limitations. But then it became to where I wanted formal training in some other areas. A whole career change. I had I had been in the construction field and I seen my vision uh, interfering with that. I had been in the automotive field as a mechanic. I seen my vision interfering with that. So all those uh, vocations that I had, I needed to take that same mechanical ability and apply it somewhere else. And that's when I start seeking out
0: help. So it was 97 now, and now you're ready to uh, obtain some type of training. Where, where did you um, go to get training at? Initially, I started uh, with vocational
1: rehabilitation, got evaluated, uh, went seeing some some eye doctors and got all that situated and then I went to uh, Crossroads Rehabilitation Center for rehab and that's when I was introduced to the computer and window eyes with the speech system on the computer the software window eyes and that's when I started taking formal training and in the process of taking the formal training at Crossroads um, I was still in denial I wasn't using the cane yet and once I had uh, accident at Crossroads that's when we identified that I need to take cane training. And that's when I went to Boston Rehabilitation Services for the rehab center.
0: So once you got here to uh, Boston Enterprises, what did they teach you? Did they teach you like braille or? I went through the program pretty
1: rapidly. They said I was one of the, well, I, because of my anxiousness for employment, I, I came to uh, Boston Rehabilitation I pretty much, um, was informed on what they offered, what they had to offer, what was the psychological expectations that they had regarding when people come in with visual impairments, the the, 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 the refusing, the denial, uh, the rebellion. I was already aware that from crossroads I was really fortunate to uh, get a tape on Bosma Rehab. So when I came to Bosma Rehab, I pretty much just surrendered. I came to the Understanding that in order to go through their program and get back to my initial plan of seeking employment, that I would have to go through the program pretty quickly. So they taught me braille. They taught me mobilization skills. They taught me other techniques, the cooking and the cleaning and all the housekeeping things. I pretty much and had that under control because I was already practicing those techniques. You know, it's like, you know, when you take an animal out of his natural habitat, how he adjusts, well, then I, you know, I figured how to do those adjustments myself. Right. And then uh, I personally, uh, the, the the home improvement stuff, I was already in that field, so pretty much went through that part of the program pretty rapidly. So I was only at uh, Bosman Rehabilitation Services a little less than 60 days.
0: You went through it quick.
1: <laughs> I went ambitiously. Ambitiously. <laughs> that's
0: supposed to be a record right there. <laughs> well, yeah I start, I started, Yeah, I, I started in September, and mm-hmm. I was out of there by
1: late October.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. That's, that's mm-hmm. good. That's good. So, after you did the training and everything, so did they, the um, Department, did they help you find employment at that time? No, I went mm-hmm. back. I went back to my home base, which was Crossroads
1: Rehabilitation mm-hmm. Services and uh completed the training there as well as uh securing my GED through by, um uh through Crossroads and then that's when I started doing the medical transcription well a job placement which placed me in medical transcription for about 2 years and then uh, I finally uh after 3 years of unemployment after finding out that um medical transcription really wasn't a good match for me after two and a half years of doing it, um, I came to um, Bogdan, uh Industries and I started working as a production worker. Okay.
0: So, in the production area, what, what were some of your duties as a production employee at the time? My my key responsibility was support. I maintained C and D
1: line. Um, then I went to doing um, front desk relief. Where I met with different staff members and interacted with them, as well as uh, answering the phone and directing
0: calls to customer service. Because I know after you left production, so after production, where did you uh, go then? How did you? Um,
1: after production, which I was there about eighteen months, um, I secured a, uh, uh, a role in the customer service department where I. Maintain all the records for customer service and I was first in queue, which means all inbound calls came directly to me first and I processed uh, faxed, email and order express uh, POs, purchasing orders.
0: And I did that for seven and a half years. So was that, was that, did you find that difficult or did you find a system to try, to uh, navigate the phones, the computer, orders, and how did you keep all of that straight, not being able to see a lot of things? I, I created, a
1: a system, uh, of processes. Um, I noticed that some of us that are visually impaired, we're kind of ritual on what we do. We kind of, each day, I had a set schedule that I did certain responsibilities, and that was my routine. But it didn't start out that way. Uh, I worked real closely with my manager on um, creating uh, opportunities opportunities for me to um, be an equal player with my department, with my coworker, because I was the only visually impaired individual in customer. Matter of fact, I was the first visually impaired customer service rep. I was kind of like. Um, I always say a prototype. Uh, I was the beginning to Bosma experimenting with different individuals with visual impairment and placing them into key roles. So uh, me being successful in customer service was kind of a platform for others to come along.
0: I think that's um, definitely something people need to know that everybody, it's different ways you can get. The job accomplished everybody doesn't have to get the task done the same the same way all the time so i mean i just think that's what people need to actually hear Though it's not that's because you writing it down don't mean i can't write it down on the computer and come back to it you understand but just, i think people need to really understand that it's always different ways to do it if you want want it bad enough you can actually get it so
1: yeah there's um you gotta be creative mm-hmm. and um I, I tell everybody you know when I started in customer service, we really didn't know what that was going to look like. Mm-hmm. And then as me and my manager worked together and thinking on processes and what did we want, what was the end result. And and a lot of trial and error. Then it became to where I functioned independently. I just started thinking of innovative ways for myself right. to do a task. Not to work
0: harder, but to work smarter. So how does adaptive technology play a role? Well, at that at that time, we were in that position. How did adaptive technology play a role in you being successful? Uh, it was, um, Braille came in handy.
1: So the Braille from um, rehabilitation came really, because I had to label my files. Yeah. And then uh, uh, adaptive technology, like the scanner and the uh, uh, scan and read software allowed me to uh, scan my files. Um, invoices and and put them up and 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 also uh, process the uh, stuff that was coming off the fax machine so uh, then you got the uh, screen reading software that runs along uh, the windows application and then we uh, we had scripting come in from uh, crossroad uh, rehabilitation services they had someone come in there and script different screens and things of that nature and then a lot of training and then a lot of
0: repetition you said something that very intro. You said scripting. So a lot of people may not know what is, what is scripting? What, how does scripting allow you to do your job more efficiently? Well, they would create shortcuts on the keyboard that you can make the, um,
1: cursor jump from, uh, different sections of the, uh, of the software that you was working or the application that you was working in so that you wouldn't have to navigate. Like someone with a mouse would scroll and click. Well, there's different keyboard strokes that you would utilize to do that same task if someone would using the mouse that would scroll and click. So um, just getting into fields that uh, they would label different fields so that I would know where I was at on the screen when I was uh,
0: processing my order. Okay. So right now, um, as the account manager here at Bosma Enterprises, what is your job duties, and how many accounts do you actually uh, manage right now? Oh, how many accounts do
1: I manage? Um, so, my job duties is to be the uh, voice and face for Bosma's QPA with the state of Indiana, which is a quality, quantity purchasing agreement. So, we have contracted items in the state of Indiana that are available to state um state agencies so if you think of uh, idoa indiana department of administration everything that's associated with purchasing goes through that organization that can be from fssa which is family and social services which deal with uh cps child protection services to ndot which is the indiana department of transportation to IDOC, which is the Indiana Department of Corrections, and DNR, which is the Department of Natural Resources, and all state hospitals and facilities. So my job is to travel to all these agencies, introduce them to Bosma's products and services, give them um, a synopsis of how their purchases impact Bosma employees in creating opportunities for the blind and visually impaired in the state of Indiana. So I travel with a driver um, who is um, uh, on a grant and me and him ride from one end of the state to the other end of the state, introducing Bosma's products to all those uh, agencies that I mentioned. Uh, Customer base, I might have over two hundred in the state of Indiana, because I hit so many different locations. If you can think of parks like Turkey Run, mm-hmm. uh, Fort Harrison, Indiana Dunes, uh, Polk Hagen, which is in northern, no, the northern tip of Indiana, and then you think about uh, Department of Transportation the Indianapolis District, or um, if I go south, uh, Columbus Department of uh, transportation. So I, I go to all those little satellites, introducing Bosma's products and services. And then those guys built on the relationship, they make purchases through those interactions.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to learn a little bit more on your, about your process and how you do things as account manager It sounds like you got a lot going on. <laughs> a lot yeah, of traveling. A lot of traveling. Because um, we have a, a sales force
1: uh, 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 uh networking system that we use to keep all our accounts in. So I review those accounts daily, see where there is activity or lack of activity, the customers purchasing, how much they're purchasing, what they're purchasing. Can I save them some money by switching some products up? And I go to the customer and I introduce them to some cost-saving opportunities when when applicable. And then whenever Bosma has new products, I also either email them the brochure of the new product or I schedule an appointment for a product presentation.
0: So how, is, uh, how has Bosma impacted your life?
1: Um, As the face to Indiana, um, I'm, I'm really responsible for representing Bosma in a sense so it gives me self-worth as in relationship to the organization as well as it affords me the ability to encourage others that are visually impaired or uh, the ability to achieve higher goals and standards for themselves which gives me a great sense of well-being as i uh encourage others Uh, in my personal life um there's a certain amount of confidence and accomplishment and pride to some degree and knowing that there's no limitation to my abilities. Um, And it keeps me um, um,
0: focused on trying to help others come up as well. So that's a good, that's a good point right there. What would you say to someone who just recently found out that they had a RPR, some type of eye condition. That life doesn't end; it just begins
1: in a different way. So it's like being reborn. You're recreating yourself. I recreate myself every day to improve myself every day. When I go out and meet with my customers, I show that same enthusiasm and uh, 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 achievement. And just the capabilities of those that are blind and visually impaired. The only difference is we don't drive and we don't ride by. Well, we don't drive. That's the only real limitation that I see.
0: Um, just do things a little differently. So we, we didn't talk about work. I just want to talk a little bit about what what do you like to do when you're not working? What kind of things you, do you enjoy doing? Well,
1: I'm a single man, so I date. <laughs> um, I, I, I go to church. Yes. Um, I go to nightlife from time to time, concerts and things of that nature. Um, I like to travel. I like, um, getting out and seeing new places. I like to go out of the state, um, and I like to shop. If nothing else, I do enjoy, um, the finer things in life, so dinners, do everything everybody else, do the same. Uh, Matter of fact, I probably do more than most (laughs) because the the resources that I have, Bosma has afforded me a lifestyle and I manage those resources in a productive manner. So I just enjoy life. I I do everything. Like I said, I I got grandkids, I go visit them. I have three young adults. I help them when life-changing situations come about. Uh, and I enjoy helping other people, so anything that I can bring light to the uh, sighted community in regards to the blind community, I can always be that uh, that junction i try to I try to be a link between
0: the two the two the two worlds right, definitely, definitely. Well, I definitely want to thank you, Mr. Preston Richardson for coming on the podcast today. It was good talking to you. And uh, dropping that knowledge on us today about what you do and uh, how life just will continue and go on. And just got to look forward to the next step in life. Uh, but once again, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to the Bosman Enterprises Navigating Blindness podcast. And I'll catch you guys next week.